Good morning, as uh, Andrew said, my name's Adrian. Uh, I'm part of the leadership team here, which is uh, an incredible privilege uh, to uh, work with all you guys and uh, with the other guys in the leadership team. It really is a privilege. Um, today I've been asked to speak on um, renewing your mind. Uh, thank you, Joe. Do you know what? We have a fantastic team of people who week after week manage the PA and visuals for us. And uh, there's, there's quite a pressure on you when you do visuals because the worship leads, if they shift songs or do one you don't expect or go to a verse you don't expect, it is, you feel this pressure of, oh, I've got to get, get this up. And they do a great job. And I'd like to thank you guys. And I'd like us all to thank everybody in visuals and PA. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Okay, so if I talk to you and mention the phrase renewing your mind, there may be a specific verse that that you think of. Can anybody think of where that verse is? Romans. Romans 12, verse 1. That's very, very good. Uh, so let's, let's turn to Romans 12 then. If I had some chocolates, I'd throw some to you, Paula. But I'm afraid I didn't today. Romans 12, if you have a Bible with you. So... Here we get them, one and two. Uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, I'm reading from the NIV incidentally. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, so do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, if you do that, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Is there anyone here who would like to be able to test and approve what God's will is? I would like to. Then... We've got a hint here on how we can do that, to have our mind renewed. And the thing is, the fact that it gives you a choice and it says, well, don't do this or don't be this, but do this. So don't be conformed, but be transformed. That tells me that there's a part that we have to play in it. Okay? So there are lots of things uh, where God does things in us and we don't have a part. Um, But there are other things where we do have an active part, and this is one of them. So this change and transformation, we can play a part in. Now, Jesus also told a parable that said, well, the kingdom of God, no one knows how it grows up. It's like a man planting a field, and and it just sprouts up. And in the morning, there it is. It's all sprouted. So there is an element of the kingdom of God in us grows anyway, naturally, without, you know, just by the fact you've received the Holy Spirit, uh, and he he continues working in you. But there is something we can do. And if you want... Uh, to be somebody who can test and approve the will of God, which I believe we all do, really, um, then there's, a, there's some, a hint in, this, in these verses. So let's have a look at some of the things that it, some of the words that are used here uh, and just dig down a little bit into this verse then, particularly verse 2. Um, so do not be conformed. So what does conformed mean? Well, um, if you're conformed, it means you're shaped into something from the outside, Okay, so if you conform, and we, we as, as uh, 
as humans, I guess, there's a great tendency to conform to what's around us. And, you know, if, you, if you've got children, uh, you see them go to school, and they come back with all sorts of attitudes, words, uh, desires of how to have their hair or their clothing and it, uh, that you've not sort of necessarily seen before and some of the words you've not necessarily heard before. Um, but, uh, but it's all part of them wanting to or becoming a part and fitting in with those around. Um, some years ago, a long time ago actually, just after Ruth and I were married, uh, we went up to Durham uh, to a wedding, uh, and Ruth was at university in Durham, and I was surprised within a day or two that Ruth was speaking with a northern accent in Durham. Isn't that true? <laughs> Ruth's my wife, uh, for anyone who's, who doesn't know. Um, so, th- and that is an element of conforming. And I, I've recently taken on a new role at work um, about three, three or four weeks ago. Um, I'm now leading a team, uh, the team that I used to be a part of. It's a small team, team of seven people. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, I'm now involved in meetings with, with people who use a different language to what I'm used to. So it's what I would previously refer to as management speak. And, and it's things like, you know, we need to leverage this thing and we need to, there's this synergy to operate and uh, yes do you know anything about that space uh, and, and phrases like that and, and my initial thing is I really don't ever want to start using those ridiculous phrases but the problem is I'm only three weeks in and I'm, I can already feel myself start I'm almost saying them and then having to stop myself and if you check me in a few months I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm already conformed and I'm in there speaking like the rest of them so um that's confirmation being conf- not confirmation that's something completely different that's con- conformation if there is such a word uh, that's being conformed and and that and, and it's it's like the conforming is fitting to uh, a kind of a, an outward behaviour or appearance, okay? It's all about what it, what it is on the outside. And we, you can, as I said, you can have that at work, you have it in the playground if you're a child or at school. Um, you can also have it in the church. So that is, we expect a certain behaviour, okay? So there are certain behaviours that are expected of a Christian. If I stood up here effing and blinding, that would not only cause a shock, but I would expect... Probably the other elders too. I don't know. Would you drag me away? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, they would. They drag, lovingly drag me away. Um, but and there, are, there is, of course, we expect a manifestation of holiness as part of our being filled with Christ. But but there's a difference between if we feel I have to behave in a certain way and I have to present to you a particular front because otherwise I don't think I'll be accepted by you, then that's a conforming, particularly when it's not something in here. So I turn up on a Sunday morning, I've had an awful week, I'm feeling really grumpy, and as I get out of the car in the car park, I go, like that. And I walk in the door, hello everybody, and what you see is actually not necessarily the genuine picture. I try not to do that instantly, um, but uh, I'm giving an example. But there is that thing of, I'm, I present something to you that I think you want to see. Okay, that's conforming. Okay, it's not being genuine, really. Uh, it's, it's I'm trying to behave, present an outward aspect because I think you'll accept me more. And I don't want us to be a church who, who, who judge people on that basis. Um, now, of course, as I said, if I, if I do or say inappropriate stuff when I'm up here or any time, then I would, I would want my brothers and sisters, you guys here, 
to help, you know, to be saying what's going on, because that's, uh, but it's, it's, not, it's not out of a sense, a legalistic judgment of, right, you've done that, you're out of the way. It's something's going on in your heart because I can see it manifesting. So Jesus said, what comes out of the heart, uh, it was, sorry, what comes out of man's heart is basically what's in his heart. Out of a man's mouth is basically what's in his heart. So I'd, I would love you to love me and say, come on, mate, what's going on? You know, is, is, is there something... And you can draw me out and find out what's happening in my life to cause that manifestation. That's completely different, and we expect that, and I want that, and I want to encourage that for you to love me, to, to, to go on to you know, faith and good, work, good works, as it says, uh, to encourage one another in, in, in Hebrews. Um, but that's very different to, to judging somebody and sort of rejecting them on the basis of how they behave. That's conforming, uh, and this is part one of about 11. So uh, I'm going to move on to being transformed now but I hope you get the picture and also when people walk in you know a visitor somebody maybe maybe somebody does walk in swearing and, and stuff I'd, I really don't want us to oh dear that's this is a church you know I don't it's not I don't want to be like I don't believe Jesus was like that which is why the prostitutes the sinners the tax collectors the lepers they flocked to him because they and, and there's no way they would have if they'd felt the thing of judgment now he was as holy as holy can get and yet people who were not holy or people who were unclean or people who had failed or messed up or or done terrible things they felt at home with him and i would love for us to demonstrate that same heart of love that jesus had so that if somebody walks in who's transgender, transsexual, drunk, homeless, a prostitute, whatever it is. I want this to be a home to people so that they can feel the love of Jesus coming into their life through us, and that's the way it's going to come. And I believe there's a calling on us as a church to do that. Um, And so we've got to... We need to be authentic with one another. Because, and I can be authentic because I know you love me and I know you're not going to judge me. So even if I've messed up or even if I've done something awful, I know that the safest place to come is with you. And so I can tell you and pour my heart out and I can find healing in this place. And that goes for all of us and anyone else who is out there, and particularly people who haven't yet heard the gospel, who have heard what they perceive about Jesus is something they've got from EastEnders or some awful thing on telly where the Christians are nearly always not necessarily representative of all of the truth of the gospel. but you, you hear my heart, don't you? So, so I want that, and this takes choice. It takes decision. It sometimes takes when somebody tells you what they've just done. It takes. It takes you. Uh, you've got to do the internal gulp and go, okay, and you then talk them through it because you know people might tell you shocking stuff. So, that's being conformed, I think. Um, so, being transformed. Now, the word in the Greek here uh, is the word from which we get our phrase metamorphosis. Uh, which is sort of a, a transformation, a change in shape. So you think about the uh, caterpillar and the butterfly. You know, that's a metamorphosis, I think, isn't it? So it's, and it's a very profound change. So in Matthew 17, I think it's verse 2, when it talks about uh, Jesus and uh, three of his disciples, uh, Peter, James, John, went up the, uh, the mountain and he was transfigured. You know, his face, it said, shone, and he was transfigured before them. That's the same word, the same word, transformed. It's that. So I'm not saying necessarily that 
that we will get that instantaneously, although it says when we see him, we'll be like him and we'll, we'll be uh, glorious, uh, glorious like him. But, um, but there is a, this is a profound thing, the, the transforming that happens. Now, just imagine if you could do everything you, you love to do, your favorite things, the things that give you most joy, the things that you think, oh, this is just what I love to do, and then you find out that those are exactly the things that God wanted to do, you to do, and they're exactly the things that glorify God. Wouldn't that be great if everything you did, you just go and do the things you love the most, and then you, and then you find the pat on the back from the Holy Spirit of, that was just awesome, that's exactly what I wanted to happen. Now, that's what happens when you're transformed. Your trans, it's a changing of your internal heart. Now, in Philippians, I think, I can't remember if it's two or three, it says God is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So in sort of slightly easier English, that means the Holy Spirit's working in you so that the things that you desire and the things that you do will be the things he wants. That's what transformation is. It is an internal change. The Holy Spirit working in you, changing you on the inside, so that what then happens on the outside, and there is an outside thing, so with the conforming, there's an element of truth to, this is what a Christian should look like, but actually, it's not that I'm fitting that on the outside. It's coming from the inside. I'm doing the things that I desire to do, not the things that I think I should do, or the lists that I've been told that I should do. I'm doing the things that come out of just the joy of life. Do you know what? I desire to do this. I want to give my time to this. I want to give my money to this. I want to be involved in this sort of work. And as I do that, if I have allowed and cooperated with the Holy Spirit working in my life, then I find that's actually exactly what God wanted me to do. In other words, his desires becoming my desires. And those things that are damaging, sinful, unhelpful, unholy, those things, I find in my heart, well, actually... That desire, has, it's not the same. I, I don't desire to do those things. That's what happens when you are transformed. Is anybody up for that sort of transformation? Do you want to be able to do all the stuff that you love the most and for it to be the right stuff to be doing? Isn't that wonderful when that can happen? And there's the, the power for that is explained in these verses. The power of that is the Holy Spirit, but the explanation of it is in these verses. Now, I'll give you a personal example. It is quite a personal example. Um, uh, some years ago, um, it's probably, uh, well, it's definitely, I'm not very good with dates. It's definitely more than five. It might be about 10 years. About, but anyway, that sort of time scale. Um, I had occasional issues with, with pornography, internet pornography. And um, uh, what happened at that time, I, I used to, at that stage, I believed that I had a sinful nature, okay? I believed that every Christian had this kind of warring nature in you, okay? You had the sinful nature and you had the Holy Spirit, okay? And so, when I, at that time, my, my way of therefore dealing with this, okay, so obviously it wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, it wasn't something that I, obviously I didn't think was a thing I should be doing. Obviously, I was an aspiring leader at the time. And, um, Um, and so I did the best that I knew because I've got a war with this nature. Okay, I've got to go to war with it and fight against it. So, so I talked to to my wife Ruth about it. We prayed together. I think um, I talked to some sort of friends I trusted about it. Uh, I even actually there was um, because it was internet related. I, I, I um, 
there's a website I found that you could sign up to, and it would email every site that you'd been to to a friend. Uh, and so uh, it, it, it was a means at that time of, of me overcoming this because I just thought, I, d I don't want this. I need, and I need, but, the, but there was the, the desire was there. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 I, and it felt quite a driven desire. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all the time. It was, it was sporadic. But, but, but when it was there, it was very strong. And so to be the only way I knew to deal with that was to, was to have accountability. Now, I'm not knocking accountability. I think accountability is really important and good. It's great for us to be accountable to one another, be asking all sorts of questions in a loving way because of our desire to see one another moving on in Christ. Um, so, but it, it was still a fight. It was, sometimes it was a daily fight or an hourly fight, even with all of those checks and balances in place. Now, um, it began to shift the desire at the same time that I started to understand and I would say have a revelation of the fact that we no longer have a sinful nature. Now, I, be, I, know, I can't go into all the detail now, of course, but uh, if any of you who've been around for any time, you know, we've, we, we've had, I think we did an evening of two and a half hours on, on why we do not have a sinful nature and, and looking at every single scripture that talks about that. Um, but just, just in a very, very tiny nutshell of one or two verses in Colossians, it says, um, having believed, it, it talks about um, you were circumcised with the cutting off of the sinful nature, or with the, I can't remember the exact phrasing, something like that. Now, Paul wrote that, and as a Pharisee, he would know exactly what circumcision was about. Um, and in fact, I don't know, he might have even conducted circumcision, I don't know. But um, anyway, I don't know if he was a rabbi. Well, he studied under a rabbi, didn't he? But anyway, let's, sorry, I'm externally processing all sorts of internal thoughts that you can probably do without. But uh, anyway, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not, obviously, not being gross with this, but in circumcision, something is cut off, and it never grows back. It doesn't grow back. You know, it is separated from the body, and that's it, okay? So when Paul is using that illustration and saying there's a circumcision with the removal of the sinful nature or of the body of the flesh, I think, in the actual Greek, is, then it's separated, it's gone. Okay, that's just one verse of quite a few, many, many we looked at. Anyway, so suddenly I began to realize something about my identity. Now, as I said, this was quite a long time ago. It was probably around the ten, eight to ten-year mark ago. I, I started understanding that actually the, 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 my fundamental nature is one of now I'm born again, is one of holiness, because I've been given the Holy Spirit. And again, it's that thing of, you, he, you've been given the Holy Spirit who will cause you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So suddenly, there's a change in my expectation of what's going to happen. Because suddenly, the, the, the sinful nature is actually an alien thing. It's no longer a part of me. So uh, it, this happened over a period of time. But as I began to realize, actually... I'm not fighting against something in me. I don't have to war against that. I just have to receive the nature of who the Holy Spirit is, the one who now dwells in me, and he's giving me his, desire and his desires. And as I surrendered to that over the course of probably months, maybe years, the desire totally changed, and I would say almost evaporated. It's never completely evaporated. But these days, if I'm ever sitting at a computer 
And a thought occurs to me, oh, I could, you know, Ruth and the boys are out, I could go and click anywhere here, no one's going to know. Um, the, it, it is so left field because of the change that's happened in my heart that the desire is, is almost not there. Do you know what I mean? Now, I could still choose to do that. I've still got a choice to sin. But the desire has evaporated, I would say, for that. Now, there are other areas where, you know, I want to... I, I, I want that too. Um, so what I'm saying to you is by, by just by my mind being renewed, I would say I've had internal transformation. That's just one example where as you allow the Holy Spirit to shape and to, to mold and as your, uh, as your mind is renewed, I'm going to get onto a bit more detail about that, um, then you will find your heart and longs for the things that he longs for. And you will find, because it's the overflow of who you are in here that comes out, particularly when you're under pressure or under stress, then if, if that transformation has taken place, you'll find that what the overspill is, is holiness and righteousness. You'll find yourself manifesting that. And as you speak that truth to yourself, I do, uh, you know, I've, I've been separated from the sinful nature. Fundamentally, God has put in me the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy One is dwelling in me and you. Um, then as you speak that over yourself, you begin to believe it. And operate in it. And that's why we focused a lot recently on identity. Because if you know who God is and who you are, then it empowers you because you begin to come into agreement with that. And what you believe you are will manifest itself. You know, again, using that example of uh, at work, I now go into meetings thinking I'm a team leader and I'm contributing in a way, literally from one day to the next it changed when it was announced I was a team leader. I'm contributing in a different way. I've not changed as a person. I'm not suddenly having amazing ideas that I didn't have before. It's just that I'm suddenly realising that, well, this is who I am. I'm now here for this. And, you know, just to give a silly example, imagine if you had a family with four children uh, and... Uh, the parents always introduce children. Well, these three, these are my lovely children. Da 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 This one's the naughty one. Okay, you imagine whether whether that's a, they do it as a joke or whether it's done seriously. Um, I can see Natty's crossing his arms. Natty, you are not a naughty one. You're a very good one. <laughs> um, as are your two brothers. Um, you're made holy at the cross. Um, and. Uh, uh, yes, so you've got, the, you've got a family of... Uh, that's why I said four children. That can't be our family. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> okay, so your family of four children. So, so three of them, yeah, always introduced to the family. And, so, and one of them's introduced as, oh, the, yeah, he's the naughty one. Now, I'm not a psychologist, and if you're a psychologist here, and you, I might be talking rubbish, all right? But m- what my expectation would be, as these children grow... The one who's been told he's naughty will probably manifest naughtiness more, I would guess, than the others. Now, obviously, there's a lot of complicated factors in personality development and all of that. Uh, and I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I probably shouldn't speak on maths. I don't really understand. But you understand what I'm saying. And that is why, again, speaking identity over yourself and over others is so important. 
okay? Because it gives us an opportunity to come into agreement with the truth. And similarly, if you speak rubbish over yourself or lies, then you can begin believing that as well. So if you find yourself saying, oh, I can never do that, I'm rubbish at that, uh, or, you know, and sometimes, well, you might be rubbish at something, I'm not saying be unrealistic, but, um, but, if, you, but if, if in that, you see, I can say, in fact, so, uh, I, I, I play badminton on a Thursday night, and uh, I see Dave over there, often there as well, and uh, every now and then I'll walk over and have a chat with Dave and uh, a few of other guys and um, play there, um, and, uh, um, and I, I play, for a, play at a club night, and, and I'll, say, I'll often say today, I'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the worst player there. And he'll say, well, no, you shouldn't say that about yourself. Um, and I'm still sort of debating whether I should or not, because I think I am the worst player in the club. I'm, I'm quite good, but I'm still the worst in the club. They're, it's a very high stand. Um, and I don't, I don't feel, so I don't feel insecure. I can say I, I feel I'm the worst player there, but I still feel really good about myself. Do you know what I mean? But if I was saying, yeah, I'm, do you know what I mean? Where you're almost internally rejecting yourself in a way that God doesn't because God's accepting you. Now, if I point something out about my personality or about what I do and I, I'm rejecting myself internally and God isn't, then I'm not in agreement with God. And the most important thing is for you to agree, for us to agree with what God says about you because God is always right right and people around you are not always right so what they say about you will not always be true and what even you think about yourself will not always be true unless it is lining up with the truth of what um, the father says about you which is where renewing your mind comes in right I've lost my thread (laughs) it's more like a tapestry today right uh so let's have a look at renewing your mind then. So let me just backtrack a little. So transformation, good. Do we agree with that? Being transformed so that the desires and activities that you have are those that God desires and wants, and you're just doing the stuff you really love the best. That is good. Okay, so how do we do that? We do that by renewing our mind. <laughs> renewing our mind. Sorry, my wife's yawning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, honey. Uh, okay, so how do you, if, if it's renewing your mind that does this transformation, how, 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 how do I get my, how do I renew my mind? It's all very well to say renew your mind. Does it mean I have to go to seminary or Bible school? and study the Bible. Is that the way to renew your mind? Well, I don't have anything at all against going to Bible school. And in fact, I very seriously considered it, didn't I? For a while. In fact, I did, I did a distance learning course for a while. So I really, really enjoy and recommend and encourage study. Okay, So I'm not in any way knocking study. However, you can get somebody who has studied up to the hilt and they will not necessarily receive the benefit of the gospel. So Jesus was surrounded by scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law. They knew so much. In fact, he said, you diligently study the scriptures because you think by those you're going to receive eternal life, whereas what you don't realize is it's that those scriptures are pointing to me, and I'm the source of eternal life. You're missing the most vital link of all. So the actual knowledge itself isn't the key. Okay, it's not the thing, although... I would say it is important. Um, okay, let me. You know what I'm like sometimes. So that's on the one hand. On the other hand, 
uh, in Romans 10, Paul says, he, he's going through that thing of, oh, have they heard? Of course they've heard. And, you know, how can they know without having, having had it preached to them? So, you know, the bit about faith comes by hearing. hearing uh, I think, yeah, it isn't, it isn't there. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. In, in that part, he's saying, and how can they hear unless somebody sends? And, and there's a bit there about, well, and how can they hear unless somebody preaches to them? So, in other words... It is important that you are given the truth. And again, we're going back to what is, what is your identity? What does Papa say about you? What does he say? What is your identity? What is, so, so knowing those things is really important. And sometimes the mechanism, particularly for someone like me, the mechanism is through study that I realize. So for me, that's, that's really important. But you can have somebody who is very well studied and have lots of degrees who doesn't get the benefit of the gospel, and you can have somebody who is illiterate and has never had any teaching or schooling, and they can have a revelation of the truth. So it's not about the study, necessarily, although that can be the mechanism. Um, so what is the key, then? Um, you know, on the night I got born again, which, uh, to the best of my memory, was, uh, it was Thursday, March the 16th, 1989, um, it was definitely that week, and I, I could never remember whether it was the Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. I think it was a Thursday. Um, so uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a haze. I was at university. Um, so uh, uh, yes, that's right. When I went, to, I went to this meeting, and uh, uh, there were two of us uh, sitting next to each other, two non-Christians in this meeting, which was a church meeting, and the gospel was preached. I believed the guy next to me didn't uh, on that occasion. Now. Uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> Hearing the truth. Yeah, so we both heard the truth, though. So, what, so why, why did I hear the truth and respond and he didn't? And what would have happened if I got punctured on the way and didn't get there? You know, I wouldn't have heard. There is, there is a need to hear the truth, okay? So that's one element of renewing your mind is, in some sense, hearing the truth. Now, for me, it often comes through studying the Bible. I love doing that. But you, 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 for all of us, and me included, sometimes it comes through things that someone might say to me. Uh, sometimes someone's speaking truth over me. That's, what, again, why it's good for us to declare truth over one another. Sometimes it might come in a totally unexpected way. I'm sitting in a meeting, someone's talking about something completely different, and they make a statement, and I, and I just feel the Holy Spirit say, that's what God's saying about you, or something like that. I don't know if you... I, I'm assuming that you know, there are a few nods and people are relating to this. Um, it might come through just a direct revelation. You know, something in my heart, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and it comes to life. Um, so there is a need for the external, the, 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 an element of truth about who you are. God loves you. He's for you. He created you so that he could love you. You were created not to do lots of work for him, even though, again, that will be a manifestation of just loving him and so on, but you were created to be loved. You were created to be in fellowship with the Father, okay? You've been united in Christ, and you're now in the Trinity. Now, um, uh, okay, I'm going to have to skip a bit. Uh, okay, so, so this, uh, let me get down to the, 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 the nub of, of hearing. And so I think there are two important things here. One is what you hear, and one is how you hear. So let's look at what you hear. So... So firstly, the transformation that takes place in our hearts 
is the Holy Spirit working through us. But how does that happen? Well, I think a clue is in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. And in fact, there it is. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, Listen to this then. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, same word, that word again, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So that transforming that we've talked about occurs in our looking at Christ and our beholding his glory. I believe that is the fundamental way in which we are transformed, by beholding Christ. Now, that's the ESV. Um, It's slightly different in the NIV. Some versions say beholding as in a mirror, and others just say uh, reflecting, I think, the Lord's glory. So, but I believe as we look at him, we are changed. What we behold we, we become like. And if you want to be transformed, I, 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 you know, I think it's as simple and as profound as be intimate with Jesus. Look at him. Now, for you, I don't know how that will take. You know, study your Bible. Go for a long walk in the, as uh, Joe jo was prophesying over Mark, go for a long walk in the woods and just be with him. Listen to what other people say. Read books or, or, you know, you might think, well, I've got time for a long walk in the woods. My life's crazy. Well, listen to, you know, get an MP3 of somebody who, who you think, well, that person does have a revelation of Jesus. And, and just and listen and absorb and look at him and enjoy him. And that transforming takes place. And I think there is an element of you just do that and that, that will happen. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you have to be you know, bursting blood vessels or anything like that. I just think, enjoy Jesus. And the more we do, the more in worship I find transformation happens in my heart, in my mind. It happens as I behold him, as I sing truth about him, as I join with others in worshipping him. Um, Okay, so let's talk a bit about how you hear. And I'm just wrapping up, really. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not always that good at, at packing it into half an hour. Um, okay, so how you hear is very important. So Jesus uh, told a parable, parable of the sower, which after I've made all my points, I suddenly realized they fitted in with the parable of the sower, and I felt good. I thought, oh, I felt that's good, because I think that probably means that Jesus agrees with me, which... <laughs> which gives me some encouragement. Right, can I have a how you hear? So, when you hear... Oh, okay, so this first one is, I haven't heard. Well, if you haven't heard, whatever the truth is, God loves you, he's for you, uh, he'll provide for you. If you haven't heard, well, you may not know. Next, please. (laughs) Okay, the next thing is, you've heard it and you believed it. So I, I, it really struck me last week when Jules was speaking, she was declaring truth over us at one point at the end. I don't, for those of you who here, I uh, for those of you who were here, I don't know if you remember, she was declaring, you know, you're loved, um, uh, your, uh, your, your father's providing for you and all of those things. Now, when you hear that, it's really important to check what's going on in your heart. 
I think, because sometimes when someone's speaking that, you just think, yeah, bring it on, bring it on, give it, you know, I'm total, I can receive that. Um, and at other times, someone might say something and it'll just go clang. Now, I'm not talking about when someone speaks error. So, you know, someone got up and said, look, I've realized that the God isn't, um, isn't a, a trinity. He's actually, actually a quadrinity. Or so, you know, obviously, I'm not talking about agreeing with everything you hear. Now, I'm hoping that, that you know, not only the Holy Spirit, but also our understanding that we've, we have and we've been given would, would help us to not receive that. But I'm talking about when someone who is, is speaking truth, okay, um, and, and you can receive that in different ways. And, and if, you, if you receive it with faith, that's great. That is like the good soil of the sower's uh, thingy, parable. Um, and that will, that will yield fruit. If you put seed on good soil, it will yield fruit. Right, can I have the next one, please? Here's another possibility. Okay, you hear it. So someone's speaking it over you. Uh, you know, you're loved by God, um, as Jules did last week. And you think, yes. And then later... Your, you know, situations crop up, a bill comes in, is, is God really providing for me, is this going to happen? And you find yourself starting to question it. Now, if that is the case, I think, for me, the way this works, I, I think to myself, right, I, I know that I believe that and I had faith. So, for me, then I choose, I think Jules said this last week, I then choose that. I choose faith because I know that I just need to, I need to hold on to what God's given me. Now, I know when I was standing there at that time that God spoke to me and in my heart the Holy Spirit agreed and I knew that it was true. And so, therefore, two weeks later, if I'm questioning it, I need to think, right, I know that was true. And I, I, I might remind myself, I might ask people to pray with me. Um, I think another notice might be going up. Um, do you want me to announce it? Is this about collecting children? Yeah, okay. To honour our children's works, if you've got kids, um, please do feel free to go and uh, collect them. You can bring them back. I'll... Actually, that's probably a wild thing to say. Um, I'll, I'll be finished in a few minutes anyway. Um, so, um, so, the, so the questioning may be almost instantaneous. So... Um, Somebody may say, you're loved by God. In my heart, it responds. But then in my head, I can get a question, well, how can that be because of this? Uh, and I think that's, that's the same sort of thing. I, that I want to... I, I'll, actually, I'll unpack it a little bit later. Can I have the next one, please? So, here's a different situation. I've heard it, and I frankly just don't agree with what you said. So you say to me, God loves you. I think, rubbish. Okay? That's the sort of thing that... I, I'm talking about. And that, for me, is more like the path. Now, the path is very hard, isn't it? So it says some seed was scattered, some fell on the path. Obviously, the path where people walk, it can't penetrate, the root can't get in. And that can come through a hardness in our hearts. Um, actually, can I have the next one, please, which is similar but a bit more severe? You heard it, you believed it, but you've actually deliberately rejected it and suppressed it. Um, I was a bit worried about this one because I thought that I'd managed to think of one that Jesus hadn't mentioned uh, and I thought, I thought that, at first I felt quite pleased, and then I felt a bit worried. Um, but I think that's like the path as well. It's just a more deliberate hardening. Now, that's not a good place to be in. If you're in a place where you're deliberately hardening your heart, uh, that's generally not good, and there might be a good reason to unpack that with some friends. Um, but there might be just one particular area that you're hardening your heart. So you know you should be forgiving someone, and you're thinking, oh, I am not going to forgive them. 
if you're in that place, that's not a healthy place to be. So um, just for the need to wrap up, really. Um, so the renewing then. So how do we renew? Number one, it's all about looking at Jesus, number one. And how do I look at Jesus or hear what he's got to say? Well, intimacy listening to what so getting with someone who's i look at someone i think oh you really know that god loves you you've got something and understand that i haven't well i might get sit down with that person say let's go out for a coffee or whatever and ask them how you know what do you think about that how do I, I love asking questions in fact i once joked with one of joseph's teacher one of my, my son joseph's teachers um i sort of interrogated him a little bit and then i said i believe in friendship through interrogation uh, which um, I've had enough of a relationship with him, I think that it was okay. Um, um, but I do love asking questions, especially when I, you know, you look at something, you think, oh, you've got something, I just, I'd love to have what you've got. And you, so how do you think, what about this situation? How do you deal with that? And what do you think of that scripture? That's how I work. You may be different. Okay, so, um, so yes, beholding Jesus, look at him, be intimate, get, get with him, love him, uh, allow him to speak his words of love over you, because he loves to do that. Um, but then also in our hearing, so when someone is speaking truth to you, or when you're declaring truth yourself, one of the great things about declaring truth is that I can listen to what my heart says about it. So if I say, well, God loves me, and there's a hollow sort of clangy feeling about it when I say it, and I'm thinking, actually, do I believe that? Then that's a good indicator to me about where am I on this chart? Am I, is it that I'm not able to receive that? And there's a hardness there that I don't think should be there. And if so, what's the answer? And the answer is on the next slide. <laughs> okay. Oh, goodness. I ran out of toner on this one. Uh, not really. Um, I don't know why that's like that. It's a different font. This is Jules' list from last week, those of you who were here. Okay, and I think, that, I think it was great, so I'm just going to put it up uh, and refer to it. Okay, now, if I cannot receive a truth that God's speaking over me, um, then I think going through these steps are, can be very, very helpful. So asking God to show you what the lies you're believing. So if I'm not believing the truth, it's often because I'm actually believing a lie. Okay, Jules did this very well last week, um, so... Do feel free to get the recording if you haven't heard it. Repent of the lies. That means change the way you think about the lie. Change, change the way you're thinking about the situation. I, you know, that's... Uh, yes, I won't give an example, but just for time. But Declare truth over yourself. If you're still struggling, ask the Holy Spirit what the truth is or what it is that's hindering you. And then give all of your circumstances and emotion to God. And I remember George saying, you know, literally, if, you, if it helps you to visualize giving it to God or leaving it at the foot of the cross or whatever, uh, that, that's great. And then ask God what he's giving you in return. Okay? Now, sorry, I, I've had to rush through that. Um, if you need a... In fact, I think uh, I might ask George to email this out, uh, these, these six, uh, this week. Um, so let's just pray. Can we, can we pray? And I'll, we'll finish. Uh, Father, thank you... Um, that you do love us. Lord, thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. And um, part of one of the things you love to do, Holy Spirit, is you lead us and guide us into all truth. And you do that by causing your desires uh, to take root in our hearts so that our desires become the same as yours. And that's the transforming. Lord, we ask that you would 
uh, transform us as a people and as individuals. Lord, we thank you uh, for your working. We're totally dependent on you for that. Lord, we know that um, it's the, uh, the natural mind cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit uh, without the, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, as it says in 1 Corinthians 2, Lord. We, we rely on you to bring that fresh revelation to us and to make it uh, a reality to us and not just information. Holy Spirit, we love the work that you do in our lives. We welcome it increasingly. Uh, Lord, we welcome it in our, uh, in our family and in our families, Lord. And... Uh, and, Father, we do want to be a people who, um, who will be like you to the lost and the broken and uh, to the city of Chelmsford, as we were playing, praying earlier. Uh, Lord, please would you change us, uh, transform us by, uh, by being able to receive the wonderful truths that you've spoken over us of who you are and of who you have made us to be. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen.